Our Father, thank you that you have called us to yourself. And your longing in our, our lives is that for us is that we would praise you, that we would worship you in song and in life and in all that we do, that you would be the one who would be lifted high, that the name of Jesus would be de declared to the world as a God who loves, as a God who cares. Lord, speak to us tonight. Be our teacher and bless us. For Jesus' sake and in his name we pray, amen. Jesus' last words to his disciples in Luke's gospel prior to his return to the Father promised this. And now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my Father promised. But stay here in the city. He was telling them to stay in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. You know what? The disciples waited. The promise was fulfilled. Their lives were transformed and they changed their world. And what I want us to hear tonight and what I believe God wants us to know is, is this, that that same supernatural power that was available to them is available to you and to me as well. God longs that we too would know his power in our lives. And I don't know about you, but I want that. I want that for my life. And I hope that is what you want as well. And that really is what we're going to be talking about tonight. In 1 Corinthians 3.16, we find a, a profound question that the Apostle Paul asked the believers of the church of Corinth. And years ago, God used this question in my own life, really to, to launch me on one of the most exciting journeys, in fact, the most exciting journey of my spiritual life and walk a journey that continues today and a journey that I pray will continue until the day that Jesus takes me home or comes to take us all home. Here's the question, and I'm going to personalize it just a little bit. But 1 Corinthians 3.16 says this, and God said to me on that day, Rick, do you not know that you are God's temple? and that God's spirit dwells in you. And that is a question that, is, that literally sent me on a journey. And I, I pray that somehow tonight God would, would, would use it in a similar way in all of our lives to set us on a journey that would bring great honor and glory to him. I'd like for you to stand with me for just a moment and we're gonna say this verse together, all right? Because everything that I say tonight hinges on this one verse. And whether you leave with anything else, we're going to be looking at a lot of passages tonight. But this is the one that I want you to go home with. Let's say it together. Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? Oh, that was pretty good, but let's try it again. Do you not know that you are 
and that God's spirit dwells in you. I'm the one who's memorized this, and I was the one who just struggled with it. So I think I better say it one more time, but please join with me to help me, okay? A third time. Here we go. Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? Very good. You may be seated. My prayer tonight is that God might take this question and, again, use it in each of our lives. And to help explain this, I want us to consider tonight really three questions that are essential in understanding what we might call the spirit-filled life. What is that? It's a life filled with the new supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. The disciples had it, and God longs that we would have it as well. The first question tonight that we want to consider is simply this. Who is the Holy Spirit? Who is the Holy Spirit? And the first thing I want you to know is this. He is God. The Holy Spirit is God. The revelation of the scriptures teach there is one God in three persons. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is one with the Father, and he is one with the Son. He is co-equal with the Father, and he is co-equal with the Son. And together they exist eternally, coexist eternally in perfect unity and complete harmony. And the Holy Spirit, along with the Father and the Son, is to be the foremost recipient of our complete love and highest worship. Tonight we worship God, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. His titles in the scripture include, of course, Holy Spirit, but also the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of Truth, the Spirit of Grace, the Spirit of Glory, the Eternal Spirit, the Spirit of the Lord, the Spirit of Wisdom and Understanding, the spirit of counsel and power, the spirit of knowledge. He is called comforter, counselor, helper, and he bears the title of Lord, a title of deity, as does the Father and the Son. Who is the Holy Spirit? He is God. He is found in the second verse of your Bible. He is found in the last, on the last page of your Bible. You might say he is found in every page in between as well because he is the one who inspired every word in this book. He is the inspirer of the word of God. He was active with the Father in the creation of all things and he will be with the Father and the Son as well on the last day when Jesus comes again. And it could be soon. And praise the Lord if it would be. He is the one whose presence restrains and buffers the sin and forces of evil in this present day world. He is the one who was the power of the virgin birth of Jesus. He was the power who led Jesus throughout his earthly ministry. He was the power that raised Jesus from the dead. He is the one promised by Jesus to his disciples and sent by the Father to be with us forever. He is 
omnipresent, he is omniscient, he is omnipotent, he is eternal, he is truth, he is holy, he is love, he is the Holy Spirit, he is God. Do you believe this? He is God. But he is God who lives in you. He is God who lives in you. Again, 1 Corinthians 3.16. And would you say it again with me right now? Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? Let's say it again. Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? He is God. And he is God who lives and dwells inside of those who have given their lives to Jesus. If you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, he lives inside you. Paul, not only in chapter 3 of 1 Corinthians, but also in chapter 6, said there and asked the question again, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God. You are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. Why did Paul ask these questions? Why does he ask the question, do you not know? Well, I'm convinced it's because and was true of the Corinthians that that they failed, in essence, to reflect this great truth. Why did they fail to reflect it? I don't know. Maybe they forgot it. Last night, my daughter asked, what are you preaching on tomorrow, Dad? And I said, the Holy Spirit. And her response to me was, the forgotten one. And maybe they forgot it. Have you? Have you forgotten that the Holy Spirit, God, lives in you? He lives in you, and he longs for you and for me to know the supernatural power that those early disciples knew, that that would be true in our lives as well. Maybe we've not just forgotten it. Maybe we've just been ignorant. Maybe we've not known these truths, and if you're new in the Lord, you would be somewhat ignorant because you wouldn't know these truths, but God longs for you to know them. So many great truths, and this truth is essential for your life. It is critical for your life. Those of you who are new to the Lord, or maybe you've, you've, you feel like your life has been kind of in a stalemate for a while, boy, the follow class, which Pastor Rick will be beginning this next Wednesday night, again, that will be a great, great class for you over the next seven weeks. Be sure and be there. Maybe they failed to believe it. Maybe they forgot, maybe they were ignorant. In either case, because of that, they failed to believe. The question tonight for us, the question for me from this verse years ago was, Rick, do you not know? Do you not know that you are my temple and that my spirit dwells in you? And maybe you've been ignorant of that truth. Maybe you've forgotten that truth. God wants you to believe it. He wants you to remember it. He wants you to begin to 
to realize the fulfillment of that promise in your life as well. God's word says that the Holy Spirit lives in you. He is the secret power in you. He is in you. And he is the source of all power and all victory. He lives within you to empower you to be all that God created you to be and to do all that God has planned for you to do. He lives in you to empower you. And I want you to know and I want you to believe that there is a secret power within you, the Holy Spirit. And the secret to a life of spiritual power and victory is an intimate relationship with the God who lives in you, the Holy Spirit. Do you believe this? I'm going to ask you that a lot tonight. A second question. What is the work of the Holy Spirit? And I want us to look at two aspects of his work. The first is his work in our salvation. Jesus said in John chapter 3, verses 5 through 8, Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. No one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of the water, born of the flesh, and the spirit, born of the spirit. Flesh, why? Flesh gives birth to flesh. But the spirit gives birth to the spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, Jesus said, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. We had a lot of wind today kind of blowing. You know what? You can't see the wind, but you can see the effect of the wind, can't you? And the Spirit is that wind that blows in our lives. A wind that was absolutely essential for our salvation. It's a wind that blows in our lives as believers today. Sometimes it's a gentle, soothing, refreshing wind. And at other times it can be a wind with, with strength that nothing can stand against. That is the Spirit. That is the Holy Spirit who lives in you. And that work of the Spirit is critical in your salvation. It was critical in your salvation. If you don't know the, the Lord tonight, it is critical in your salvation. The first thing I want us to see in regards to his work of, with our salvation is this. And I'm going to ask it by way, again, of, of the question from 1 Corinthians that we we shared together. Do you not know? Do you not know that he made you aware of your need for Christ? He made you aware of your need for Christ. John 16 says this, but I tell you the truth. It is for your good. Jesus is speaking. It is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the counselor, that is the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I go... I will send him to you. And when he comes, here's what he'll do. When he comes, he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. 
Now, the word convict, we don't necessarily like that word when we hear it. It doesn't feel very comfortable. The word means simply to expose or to bring to the light. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. He exposes sin. He exposes that which uh, uh, is within us that causes the brokenness and the, the emptiness of our life before Christ. And he makes us aware of our sin, that which has resulted in, in separation from God. And it's that separation from God that produced, has produced brokenness, that has produced emptiness. I'll never forget that the, 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 the characteristic of my life before I came to know Christ in 1972, I would say would be simply, I was empty. It felt like there was a whole on the inside of me that I could not begin to fill. And I tried to fill it with a lot of things in a lot of different ways. But when Jesus came into my life, when I gave my heart to him, everything changed. And so he exposes our sin and he reveals to us Christ's righteousness and sin's judgment. Why? That we might be drawn to God that the one who loves us, the one who paid the penalty for our sin so that you and I might not have to bear the consequences of eternal separation from God. You see, he reveals these things to us in his love and his grace because he longs for a relationship with us. Because he longs that we would know him, that we would be with him, that he would be with us now, and that we would be with him forever and ever and ever. So that we might repent, that we might turn from our sin to a Savior. If you know Jesus in your life, it's because of the Holy Spirit's work. It's because he made you aware of your sin and Christ's righteousness and judgment. And he drew you to himself. Your salvation is intimately tied with his work. And you know, he continues his work of conviction of sin in our lives today, if, if you know Christ. I came to know the Lord a long time ago. But he still continues his work of grace and, and love and compassion by convicting me of my sin so that I might be drawn back into that relationship of joy and, and, and peace that he longs for me to know. That's who he is. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? A second thing. Do you not know he made you new in Christ? He made you new in Christ. Listen to Titus 3. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Savior. When you placed your faith in Christ, you were born again. And you were born again to a new life with a new nature. You experienced through the Holy Spirit rebirth and renewal. You were born again. You were given a new identity in Christ. Who you once were, you're not now. You're new. 
You're different. Once you lived in darkness, now you're a child of the light. Once you were dead in your trespasses and sins, now you have been made alive in Christ. You were instantly and supernaturally reborn, changed by the power of the Holy Spirit through faith in Jesus Christ. Galatians 2.20, Paul declares this great truth. He says, I have been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, Paul further explains, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a, a new creation. The old is, has passed away, and behold, the new has come. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? A third thing that the Holy Spirit has done in our, our hearts if we've received him, and I'll ask it again by way of question, do you not know he baptized you into Christ's body? Do you not know he baptized you into the body of Christ? 1 Corinthians 12 says this, for we were all baptized by one spirit into one body. Whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free, we were all given the one spirit to drink. Every believer is baptized by the Holy Spirit into the body of Christ. When you believe, the Holy Spirit baptized you. He baptized you into Christ. He placed you into the body of Christ, into the family of God. He made you a part of God's eternal family. And membership in his family, membership in the body of Christ, has, is, is not a matter of age. Our, our oldest daughter came to Christ at the age of four. And you know what? It was real. It was real. I've known people who have come to Christ in their 80s and 90s. It's not a matter of age. It's not a matter of color of skin. It's not a matter of language, of nationality, of intellect, of social status, of family background, or church denomination. None of that matters. What matters is your faith in Jesus Christ. That's what matters. And when you place your faith in Jesus Christ, when you did that, you were baptized into the eternal family of God. We belong to one another because we belong to him. And someday soon, believers of every nation, every tribe, every tongue, from throughout all of history, will eat together at the banquet table of Jesus Christ as one family. Do you believe this? A fourth thing, a fourth way we see the Holy Spirit's work through our salvation. And again, by way of question, do you not know he sealed your salvation? Do you not know that the Holy Spirit of God sealed your salvation. Listen to Ephesians chapter 1. Having believed, you were marked 
in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing what? Your inheritance. Your inheritance until the, until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. In 2 Corinthians, Paul writes, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, he says, God has set his seal of ownership on us. He has set his seal of ownership on you and put his spirit in your heart as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. The Holy Spirit has sealed you. The moment that you gave your life to Jesus Christ, you were sealed. Your salvation became secure. Your relationship in Christ, as we sang earlier, nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. You are secure in Christ because of the work of the Holy Spirit who was the deposit, the guarantee of that which is to come, the glory of heaven, your salvation. You belong to God and you are his forever. And nothing can ever change that. Why? Because of the Spirit of God who lives in you, who came into your heart as your seal the moment that you gave your life to Jesus Christ. Do you believe this? Oh, God wants you to. His work in our sanctification, as he's worked in our salvation, so he works in our sanctification. Listen to 2 Corinthians 3. And we, that is those who have this great salvation, and we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory, we are being transformed. We are being metamorphosized into his likeness with ever-increasing glory from day to day to day, from glory to glory to glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit who transforms our lives. Spiritual transformation is, is only possible because of our, our salvation. Our salvation was complete in Christ, and, the, the Holy, and yet we, we, we continue to grow in that salvation, and, and that's what sanctification is. And it's the Holy Spirit's work in our lives. And just as our salvation would be impossible apart from the Holy Spirit's work, so our sanctification, our transformation, our growth in Christ also is impossible apart from the work of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit's work in our salvation was to point us to the cross. The Spirit's work in our sanctification is to point us every day to Jesus, to Christ. Sanctification is, is the process of being transformed more and more into the image of Jesus Christ. I want that for my life. How about you? As the Spirit is critical in our salvation, so he is critical in our sanctification. And as faith is the requirement for salvation, 
So faith is the requirement for sanctification as well. We can never come to Christ apart from faith, and we can never grow in Christ apart from faith. The Holy Spirit is committed to working in your life every day. He is committed to working in your life every day to transform you more and more into the image of Jesus Christ. He came to transform you, to make you more like Jesus. And every day can be an exciting adventure of experiencing God's work in your life. The God who lives inside of you as is, is, is at work in your life, and, or at least longs to be at work in your life every day. Do you believe this? What are some of the ways he's at work in helping us to grow in our relationship with Christ, his work of sanctification? Again, by way of question. Do you not know he is your helper? He is your helper. Jesus said in John 14, I will ask the Father, and he, the Father, because I'm asking him, will give you another helper to be with you forever. He is your helper. Do you not know? Paul in Romans 8 said, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. And if anyone needed, needed help, in his weakness, it was the Apostle Paul. Well, I take that back. It's me. Well, and I take that back again. It's all of us. We need help in our weaknesses. And we have a helper. He lives with inside of us. He was promised by Jesus. He was sent by the Father to live in us forever, to be our helper Every day he is with you to help you in your every need, whatever it may be. He was sent by Jesus and by the Father for that very purpose. The word helper is translated in other versions as counselor, advocate, comforter, and friend. And the Holy Spirit is all those things in our lives. He is your helper in all of those ways, whatever you can't fix. He can. Whatever is impossible for you is not for him. He is your helper to do in you what you cannot do for yourself. Do you believe this? Not only is he your helper, but do you not know that he is your guide? John 16, again, Jesus said, but when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. In Romans 8, the apostle Paul put it this way. He said, because of, he said, those who are led, because those who are led by the spirit of God are the sons of God. And one of the evidences of the sonship of, of God in our lives is the Holy Spirit's leading. He wants to guide you. He wants to direct you. He wants to lead you every day. And every day, again, can be an exciting adventure as you, adventure as you learn to trust the Holy Spirit 
to lead you and to guide you. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust in him and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways, in everything, in absolutely everything. Trust in him and not your own insights. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. He will lead you. He will guide you. 11 years ago, I'm here today because 11 years ago, at about this time, I was up in, in the mountains and I was asking the Lord to show me where he wanted me to go. I had an option. There was a church in San Jose or there was a church in Modesto. And I needed to know where the Lord wanted me to go. And on that day, and I forgot to get the book out this afternoon, but I have a, a book on my shelf. We're on, on the, the, in the margin on one of the pages of that book, which I had with me that day. I wrote the date down. And underneath the date, I wrote BVG, Big Valley Grace. I knew that's where the Lord wanted me to be. Two years ago, I was laying in a hospital bed. And at 3 o'clock in the morning, I was talking to the Lord. And I, in essence, heard him say to me, Rick, there's some priorities in your life that really aren't where they need to be. They need to be changed. I didn't call you to play golf. I called you to preach the gospel. I called you to play with your grandkids. That's what I called you to do. And the Lord helped change some priorities in my life. One week ago, I was on vacation and we had a family birthday party and I got a phone message on my phone and it was a request asking me to come to a hospital, a hospital that was outside of Modesto. And that there was a, an individual who was not doing well and, and uh, you know, I thought in my mind, <laughs> uh, in my fleshly mind, I wondered, who could I call to go? There, there's got to be a pastor in this town, this other town that can go right now. And uh, I just asked, Lord, what should I do? And it was very clear. You need to go. And I drove, and I met with a family in this room of an individual who was not doing well. And uh, there were close to probably about a dozen of them in there. And as I introduced myself and came through the door, Pastor Gordon Rumble came with me. And, and I said, we're from Big Valley Grace. And the guy that I shook hands with said, that's a good church. After we prayed and we shared, a wife and, and a sister-in-law, his sister, asked if we would come into another room. And they shared some of the things that were going on. And the sister-in-law, before we left, she said, I am so glad that you came. 
In fact, when you walked in the door, my daughter, who was standing next to me, said, Mom, they're from Big Valley. When she said that, just like I feel right now, there were goosebumps, literally, that went up and down my body. And I drove back to Modesto saying, thank you, Lord. Thank you. This morning, I was reading in Ezekiel 14. And the Lord had these words for me as I was wrestling with what to say tonight. And in essence, God said this, and it's a verse from Ezekiel. But this verse is Ezekiel 14.5. It says this, I will do this. I will do this to recapture the hearts of my people who have deserted me. And maybe tonight there's somebody here whose, hearts, whose heart needs to be recaptured. Maybe you've forgotten. Maybe you just never knew. Or maybe somewhere along the line your faith for whatever reason, just has grown cold. But God longs to recapture your heart that he might fill you with his grace and his love afresh all over again. He longs to do that. Do you believe this? A third thing, do you not know that he is your teacher? But the Holy, the, Jesus said in John 14, but the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. He is your teacher. All scripture, the Bible tells us, is inspired by God. It is literally God-breathed. That's the Holy Spirit's breath. It's inspired by him. All scripture is inspired by him and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. Why? That the man or the woman of God might be equipped for every good work. This book will equip you. That's why you need to read it. The Holy Spirit has inspired it. It's how he teaches us. And if you don't really know how to read it, again, the follow class is for you. Pastor Rick, for seven weeks, is going to be sharing with you how you can follow in an intimate relationship with the God who lives inside of you. David prayed the prayer, open my eyes that I might behold wondrous things from thy law. From your word, Lord, open my eyes. And that ought to be our prayer every day. God, open my eyes as I open your word and reveal to me the wondrous things of your word to my heart and my life. Do you believe this? And last then, do you not know that he is your victory? <laughs> he is your victory. Listen to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Now the Lord is a spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Are you needing freedom in your life today in some way? Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Galatians 5, 16 and 22 and 23, Paul tells us this. So I say, 
Live by the Spirit. Some of your translations say, walk by the Spirit. And Paul says, so I say this. Live by the Spirit. Walk by the Spirit. And what will be the result? You will not gratify the desires of the flesh. But rather, in verses 22 and 23, the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and self-control against such things there is no law. Walk by the Spirit. Live by the Spirit. And you will not gratify the desires of the flesh, but rather the fruit of the Spirit the fruit of love and joy and peace will begin to become evident in your life and begin to fill that that place in your heart that, that, that God longs to fill so that your life is different, so that when others see you, they would see Jesus. Because you see, these are the qualities of Jesus, love and joy and peace. And, and what is the secret What is the secret to a life of spiritual power and victory? Again, the secret is in developing an intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit, the God who lives in you. Live by the Spirit. Walk by the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. He lives in you, and he wants every day to teach you to lead you, to guide you, to speak to you, to counsel you, to help you, to intercede for you, to fill you, and to empower you to be all that God created you to be and to do all that God has planned for you to do. He created you for his purposes and his plan. Walk by the Spirit. Live in the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Do you believe this? And the final question, how can I daily walk in the Spirit? I want this for my life. Do you? To be filled with the Spirit, Ephesians 5.18, do not get drunk with wine, which leads to debauchery, Do not be filled with wine. Do not be controlled by wine. But rather, instead, be filled by the Spirit. And to be filled with the Spirit means that we are to be controlled by the Spirit. We are to be empowered by Him. And the verb tense indicates that it is to be ongoing. That every day I am to be filled with Him. Every day I am to be controlled by Him. Every day I am to be empowered by him. How can I do that? You know, the the Bible really doesn't give us a formula for how to be filled, but it certainly provides some very clear insights. A few things that have been helpful in my life that the Bible's very clear on. We've seen it already. And the first is this. Remember that he lives in you. Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit lives in you? Secondly, invite him to fill you and empower you each day. 
Invite him to fill you and empower you each day. The filling of the Holy Spirit is, has really nothing to do with us getting more of him. <laughs> That's not it. It's him getting more of us. Thirdly, learn to listen to his voice. And again, you can never hear his voice if you're not in the word of God. But if you're reading his word, you're going to know his voice. Listen to his voice. Fourthly, and again, it's not one, two, three, four. But a fourth thing would be this. Be willing to submit to his will. Jesus submitted to his will at the baptism throughout his life, at the cross. And it was there at the cross that he said, not my will, but thine be done. And if we're going to walk in the spirit, if we're going to live in the spirit, if we're going to be filled with the spirit, then we must surrender to his will. We must be willing to say, not my will, but your will be done. And finally, believe him. Believe him. Do you believe this? As we conclude tonight, I want to do something maybe a little different with us. But if you are willing tonight to acknowledge that belief and you are willing to renew your commitment to seek to walk daily in the power of the Holy Spirit, then I'm going to ask you to stand right now and to allow me to lead you in a time of declaring our faith together. Are you willing to declare your faith in him? If you are, please stand. Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you, would you declare, I believe? Could you do it a little bit better? <laughs> do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? I do you not know that he made you aware of your need for Christ? Do you not know that he made you new in Christ? Do you not know that he baptized you into Christ's body? Do you not know that he sealed your salvation? Do you not know that he is your helper? Do you not know that he is your guide? Do you not know that he is your teacher? Do you not know that he is your victory? I believe. I believe. I believe it with all my heart. It's a challenge some days. And some days I forget. And some days I ignore. And some days, if I were to be honest with you, 
I'm not sure I really believe. But God then comes alongside me and renews and restores and helps me to return to that place where in my heart I can say, I believe. Would you bow your heads with me? Our Father, my prayer tonight is that in my life and in the lives of each of us here, that in this new year, which could be our last, that we may each one learn more and more of what it means to live and to walk daily in the power of your Holy Spirit, the one you sent to live in us, that our lives might be lived always forever and only for your kingdom and for your glory until Jesus comes again. Amen. You know, Pastor Rick uh, has a word that uh, he shares with us every time. Well, I've heard it hundreds of times over the years. And it's this. Remember, you do not leave God in here. He's with you, and he goes with you. You may be here tonight, and you need prayer. One of our pastors or elders would love to pray for you in the, in the altar. Lord bless you. Have a great week in the Lord.